Thank you guys for joining us today. My name is Jared. For those of you watching online or listening to the podcast, I'm the director of student ministry here. And I did start a series last week called Pack Your Bags. Basically, uh, there's one thing I want you to remember from last week, or if you weren't here to catch you up on, that basically the doing of today leads us successfully into tomorrow is really sort of the bottom line for today as well. But as you guys have heard in our welcome, for those of you at home listening, today is our senior celebration Sunday. That's for these graduating high school seniors. I just want to celebrate for a minute. I I get pumped at this time of year. I was a high school uh, English teacher for 14 years before I started doing uh, this full time. And I'm, I'm telling you, I get so pumped around this time of year. It is a great chance to just look at all the investment we've all made in these students as they're about to launch into adulthood. And I get, I get so excited thinking about the different people that I know. Um, if, you guys, if you guys will think back uh, to your own days when you, when you made this transition, those of you who are, uh, kind of moved on past this, this time in your life, and maybe you, you don't have kids, maybe you're 10, 15 years down the road, but you, just to look back and remember for a second, I just want to draw us all into this moment, this, how huge this transition time is for a person going from being a child and a teenager straight into adulthood. Like, there's not much transition that happens here from, from this high school age straight into a job or college or whatever happens. It all becomes real at that moment. And I don't know if you remember that, but these kids that are about to, kids, these adults that are now going to be recognized as adults, right? Did you realize that they were born in the middle of the, one of the worst crises uh, uh, that I have ever experienced as an adult called Y2K? Like, they were born at the turn of the century. Like, their parents must have been so courageous. And, and they, they were like, who cares if our bank account's not here, honey? We're still having a kid. Like, what, do you, what were you thinking? Like, me and my wife were pulling money out of the bank and make sure we had just a little bit of cash in case everything got messed up. Like, that's how students don't understand this. But it was serious business. And at some point, right, your parents, students, those of you who are here today, you, your parents decided you were worth having even though the world may be coming to an end. I want you to think about that for a second. Like, you were worth having. You were worth bringing into this world. You were worth investing in. And, and so I want to talk to the parents for a second. Of, 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 if you're a parent of a teenager, a parent of one of these graduating seniors, you have invested so, so much in the last 18 years of the student's life. If you went back and added it up, I read this a few years ago, and I couldn't find the, the data on this, but estimates, that, according to my memory, estimates are that parents spend about a quarter of a million dollars on a student from birth till age 18 before they go off into adulthood or college. A quarter of a million dollars. And students wonder why you don't have a second home or a nicer car or I can't buy them nicer clothes. It's your fault, students. 
It's your fault. Your parents would have all the things you would really want if you weren't around because they would have been able to spend a quarter million dollars on other things. Look at the investment just in money. Think about the investment in time parents make in children. I am, I am the dad taxi. I am dad taxi three days a week. My kids have piano. My son is involved in middle school and in, in tennis. He's involved in, in different academic team uh, uh, competitions. My younger daughter is about to transition into middle school, and she's going to start running track. I mean, I, I now have three afternoons. It's going to probably turn into four or five where I am literally just driving my kids places. I don't, have any, I don't have to be anywhere. I just have to get them places. Like, parents, you've invested so much time. Uh, don't even think about the first three years of life. You don't even remember those anyway. Just, just think about the last six years, right, of adolescence, how much time you've spent trying to, to push them and drive them and invest in them. And community, non-parent people, community people, think about what we've all invested in these students who are about to graduate. If you, if, you, if you run a business, you've probably donated to a yearbook or to a sign or to something having to do with their sports teams or their, their, uh, their clubs or things going on in the school, and they come in and they talk to you about a, a, something, buy an ad in this, you're like, sure, I'll buy an ad, right? And you've supported that, and you've also given up time maybe to coach sports or, or to even uh, be a liaison with the different things in the community to help make sure there's opportunities in this community. And, and by the way, all of our tax dollars go to support the public schools that they go to that support them. Guys, we are all invested in these students who are about to graduate and go on to adulthood. And so students, I want to remind you of something big. Much has been invested in you. So much has been invested in you. We are all for you. We've done all this to prepare you and get you ready. We are excited to watch you launch in the next stage of your life. But listen, we didn't just invest in you just because you're the most amazing thing we've ever seen. We invested you because of this. We want our investment to mature. If you know anything about investments, the investment on the front end doesn't look like it's worth it. It doesn't look like it's worth it. It doesn't look like it's worth it. But the longer you invest, and the longer that investment stays around, the hope is, and the promise of investment is, that at some point it's going to mature and there's going to be a return. Now listen, our ROI, return on investment, is not for us. Okay, I'm not telling you that. I'm not, students, I'm not trying to tell you that, look, we've invested you, now you invest in us. Like, turn around and make sure you give it back. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we are looking for our investment to pay off in this way. We want you to do more than we were able to accomplish ourselves. Isn't that the hope for all of us as we invest in students and the people coming behind us? Don't we want to see them do better than we did? To make better choices than we did? To have better opportunities than we had? to go on and do greater things than we have. That is our dream. That's why we invest so heavily in you as students. But listen, all of you in this room, our investment in these graduating seniors is at the greatest risk it will ever be at. Surveys and studies have been done in several different places. And at least 40 to 50% of these students walking out of our houses, going into college, going into jobs, will leave the church, will leave their faith in the next four years. 40 to 50%. Like there's, there's, and if you're not a believer here this morning, just understand for us, this is a huge crisis. You, can you imagine putting your money into an investment account and then only hoping that half of what you put in will be ready at a retirement? That's just unacceptable. Parents, are you okay with 40 to 50% of our students walking away from their faith 
in the next four years as they transition into adulthood? Hey, hey, those of you who serve in our takeoff and 252 areas, and you love on those kids, and you spend time with them, and you sing songs, and, and they seem so happy. And, and just like my kids right now, most of, I, I, honestly, I, I'm going to say this and, and with full confidence. All the kids we have down there ask their parents if they can come to church on Sunday morning. Like, I've never, not one time in the 13 years for my son, my, my 11-year-old daughter, my 8-year-old daughter, not one time has one of my kids go, oh, do I have to go to church? I'm telling you, you guys invest so much. Volunteers, are you okay with 40 to 50% of those kids walking away from their faith in the next 10 years? Community, are you okay with watching our students launch into adulthood and then just walking away for what we've prepared them for? I'm not okay with that. And this morning, what I want to call us all into is this, this tension and this fact that we have to deal with that we can't run away from. That Yes, we've invested much, but listen, our investing is not done. Students, we're not done investing in you and your faith. So I want to show you, I want to show you some opportunities we have this morning. I want to show you how that this next stage, while it's scary to look at what the data is showing us, it's not such a bleak picture. We consider the opportunities we have to make a difference in their lives going forward. So let me show you a few things. There's a book called Sticky Faith. It was uh, led by a researcher named Dr. Kara Powell, and she had a whole team of researchers. And they took uh, about 1,100 to 1,200 students over a 10-year time span and tracked them. And, And they looked at what are the key moments or the key opportunities we have or the key things that we can focus in on to help us solve this tension of watching kids walk away from their faith. So here's, here's one thing I want to throw, throw at you. Only one in seven seniors feel prepared for the step after high school. That means if we have seven graduating seniors sitting in the, in the crowd right now, that only one of them feels confident about going to their next step. Now this is something, listen, that looks bleak, but listen, that's an opportunity, isn't it? That's why this year I tried to put in place something called college prep for our, our high school seniors, I try to get as many as involved in it as well. I had about eight of them walk through six different video lessons, and we talked about what the next step looks like to prepare them for this. Because, hey, what if we could be? What if we get, we could help them be prepared for the step better than anybody else helps them be prepared for it? Right? Here's another one. Here's another opportunity. The first two weeks of college were largely important to students keeping their faith. The first two weeks. The first two weeks of college opportunity again. I'm going to talk to you more about this one later, but look at this last one. Five adults closely connected through the transition were key to students keeping their faith. If we're lucky, these kids have two parents. That's not even halfway there to five, all right? Five adults closely connected through this transition and closely connected during the first two weeks of their college experience makes all the impact in the world. So here's what I want to do. Students, I want to talk to you today. All of you other adults in the room, I want to talk to you. I'm going to have to talk to two different groups today. But I want us all to be on board with this because this transition is a huge opportunity for us to invest in these graduating seniors. So I want to go to a passage of Scripture that's going to help us guide and tell us how we should be doing this. How should we approach this issue? How should we take advantage of these opportunities that are right here in front of us? Well, I'm hopefully going to help us all figure that out. And I hope by the end of the day, here's my hope. I'm I'm just going to lay it on the line. My hope is that everybody sitting in these seats today wants to make an investment in one of these students. 
Okay? So that's where I'm going. I put it, I put it right in front of you. Here's where we're going. Let me, let me take you to a, a First Timothy, a letter written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a mentor to a young man named Timothy, and Paul wrote two letters to him. In this first letter, Paul is letting Timothy know, don't, don't stop doing what you're doing. He's, he's trying to encourage him and support him. He's gone away for a little while. And Paul's writing this letter to this younger guy who he's left in charge. And I want you, I want you to look at this passage. I want you to look at the love in it, but I also want you to look at the challenge. Students, I want you to look at what Paul challenges this younger Timothy to be a part of. And so let's walk through this together and see if we can find something, some wisdom for us. He says, Paul says, don't look, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. And every student in the room goes, yeah, exactly. Don't look down on me because I'm young. Don't you remember that feeling being a high school senior graduate and you are on top of the world? Like you are actually the best thing since sliced bread? That was just me? Okay. Um, I, had, I had a very inflated idea of who I was uh, as a high school senior. I don't think that's abnormal. I think that's pretty, pretty normal overall. And, and for most of our students here, they, they are tired of being looked down on. They've been told year after year after year, when you become an adult, hey, someday, someday, and they are ready to make their own choices. This, this is why I'm so proud of our church. Because most of our students graduating have already been serving like adults in our church. You probably don't see this because if you're not serving on a team with one of them, you don't realize this, but we have students down there right now who are serving and, and, doing, and running the computers and the production for our different uh, elementary and preschool environments, just like in the adults here, the screens and playing the videos and songs that are playing for them. They're, they're in there running and clicking computers and they're making sure that all runs well. And we've got other students who are down there right now wrangling two and three-year-olds and they're wrangling four and five-year-olds and they're sitting down and being small group leaders for fourth and fifth graders. Listen, this is what I love about our church. We don't look down on these students for being young. In fact, we look at them and we call them forward into the responsibility of their faith before they even leave us. And this is what I want to I throw at you, people in the stands. Stop looking down on our students who are teenagers because they are young Instead, empower them earlier so that they can work with us before they become full-on adults and they can make their mistakes and they can trip their way through some things with us beside them now. So high school seniors, look, I know you're pumped and ready to be on your own. And we've done our best to try to prepare you for this. And we don't want to look down on you because you're young, but there's something, there's a challenge that comes along this, with this from Paul that I want you to pay attention to because this is huge for you students. Watch this. Paul says, don't let them look down on you, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Welcome to adulthood. Paul says, hey, yeah, you're young, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be setting an example for every other person around you. The older people who are older than you and ahead of you, people who are younger than you, you should be setting an example in all these different areas. And listen, you're about to cross, students, you're about to cross into a time in your life that will be the most challenging to do this. For the next few years of your life, you're going to be trying to figure out what does this look like because the amazing experiences you're going to have in the next few years is unbelievable. It's unmatched. The amount of growth the amount of learning, the, the, just the amount of understanding yourself and understanding the people around you and understanding the world you live in, it's all going to be exponential for you. It's so amazing. But listen, you're going to start running into people who are going to challenge your faith on every single level. 
You're going to have people who weren't invested in like you were invested in. And they're not going to have some of the experiences that you had. And it's going to be really, really hard for you to set the example. Because there are going to be people look at you and say, well, why do you believe that? And what are you doing doing that? And why is it you do it that way? And wouldn't it be easier to just do it this way? Wouldn't that be better, beneficial more to you? And, then, and you're going to have to figure all of that out. And listen, <laughs> it's not like that's going to stop after college or after a few years. Adults in the room, go ahead and, and just pat the student next to you on your back, their back and just let them know, hey, it's going to be like this the rest of your life. Here's the, here's the deal, though. We as adults, we often believe, we, we often believe that we've got it figured out, but we still face all these same things. We have difficulty setting an example in our workplaces. We just make a better job of justifying it because we've got more adult responsibilities weighing on us. Well, see, I've got this bill to pay, and I've got these people to take care of, and boy, at work, it's just so busy right now. I don't think I could give up another hour of my time to serve, and, and boy, it'd just be really hard. Listen, all of that's never going to stop, students. There's always going to be things that are going to interrupt and try to knock you off course and growing in your faith and doing the things that you've been called to do and using your passions, but, but listen, welcome to adulthood. This is an opportunity for you. This is an opportunity for you to step up and be an example. Now, Paul would have been really mean if he had left it right there. Like, if he'd just been like, go be an example. Go to do the best you can in adulthood. Good luck, Timothy. Way to go. But listen, he doesn't leave it that way. He doesn't leave it that way for any of you guys that are about to make this transition. He, he gives us a how. He gives students a way to do this. For those of us watching from the outside, listen, it gives us a way to be a part of this next step in their life, to help them through this really, really well. So watch what Paul says to them, what, what, what they should be doing. He says, until I come, Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect, neglect your gift. See, Timothy had a gift of preaching and teaching. And so Paul looks at Timothy and says, hey, until I can get there to help you out, you keep doing what you're gifted to do. Do not neglect your gift. Don't stop. And students, here, boil it down to just something really simple to remember. He basically was saying, invest in others. Like, invest in others. That's how you start this process. See, because you're going to go into a time in your life where the, the most difficult part is going to be investing in other people because everything in our culture says, in the next few years as you start adulthood, you should start investing in yourself. I'm not saying don't invest in yourself. I'm just saying, don't forget to invest in others, to keep using your gifts for the benefit of other people. Right? Adults in the room, isn't it hard to figure out how to do this well? Isn't this difficult to figure out how to use our passions and our gifts and abilities to keep investing in other people? Because we want to use all of our gifts and passions for ourselves and we don't make sure that we get it right and we make plenty of money doing what we love doing and we get all these things, but we forget and Paul reminds Timothy, listen, as you're making this transition, Timothy, I know you're on your own. The one of the most important things you can remember is to invest in other people. Because here's what you want to remember, students, that really what's best for others eventually is best for you. Like as you invest in other people and you give away your gifts and passions to help them out, do you realize that as you do that, you're actually doing what's best for you? See, as you give your talents and your gifts away, 
you're giving opportunities to other people and you become invaluable to them because you're helping them move forward. And you're actually doing what's best for you because that is the most fulfilling part of being an adult is investing in the other people around us and watching them do very well. So don't forget this. Don't forget that what's best for others will eventually turn out best for you. In the short term, it's going to look totally crazy to continue to serving others, to do things for other people, to invest some energy and some time into other people when you have so many other things that you could put your time into. You're going to have so many choices in the next four years about how to a job and school and friends and hanging out and, and just going to, to, to just be free and hang out and do nothing. It's all going to be there. But in the midst of all that, as you start to approach your adult life, don't forget to make this a habit. Adults in the room, listen, we don't get this all right all the time. And, and there may be a time in your life where you kind of forgot that this principle is true. And you need to come back to this one piece and remember this truth, that practicing, using your gifts for the benefit of others, that's actually what faith looks like. That faith is if I'll put my passions and gifts towards something else, towards someone else, if I can, if I can find it somehow in my schedule to serve other people on a regular basis. I'm actually practicing faith. Because all of us adults, we look at our passions and our gifts And we've been using them for years for our own benefit, whether in business or in our jobs or in making ourselves look good in front of other people when we go to different networking functions. And we use all these gifts and abilities we have to make sure we position ourselves really, really well. And what we tend to forget is that if we'll practice our gifts for the benefit of others, we're actually trusting God to give us the fulfillment we're chasing so hard in other areas of our lives. See, we get, we've gotten it flipped around wrong. We think taking care of us overall, let's, let's make sure you invest all my passion's ability in making sure I can make as much money as I can. Well, what if, what if you could just invest a little bit of this in somebody else and your fulfillment and purpose and meaning in life would go up exponentially? Adults, I know it's difficult. Students, it's going to be difficult. This is, this is the raging war as an adult. This is what we all struggle through. But Paul says to Timothy, this is what keeps you on track. This is what pushes you forward. This is what makes you better. This is what puts you in a position to actually feel fulfilled in your life. So students, don't forget, invest in others. At the time in your life when it would seem like that's ridiculous, invest in others. Adults, I want to come back to you for a second. There's a part of this verse I didn't, I didn't hone in on because I wanted to come back to it and, and look you straight in the eye when I say this. Paul writes the first part of that verse 13. Look what he wrote. Until I come. Like, I'm coming back, Timothy. I'm going to come back and see you. I'm not leaving you alone. Like, hey, n- not good luck. I hope you do well. Not, hey, I spent 18 years. I'll see you later. You gotta, you're on your own. Look, I get that. I understand. Listen, they've got to be adults. We don't need to hold their hands and we don't need to be helicopter parents and we don't need to be helicopter grandparents and we don't need to be like doing everything for them. That's not what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. How many times though do we look at a college student a few months down the road and go, well, I hope they're doing okay. And we don't have a plan. 
We don't have any intention. We don't have a, have a way, a strategy of making sure we reconnect with them down the road so that we can help make sure they're on track because you remember, right? You remember the first few years of your adulthood and how many mistakes you made and how many stupid decisions you made and how many things, how you wish that somebody had just come to you and said, hey, what about thinking about doing this instead? And you go, well, I probably wouldn't have listened anyway. But maybe you would have if somebody had made the effort to come back. Here's what I'm saying. Let's stop saying goodbye to our students. Let's stop saying goodbye and just say, hey, see you later. Welcome to adulthood. I'll check on you in a little bit. What if we did that instead? Here we are in, we are in a world of technology and connection. You guys realize that every one of you have in your pocket or your purse a device that allows you to contact anybody in the world at any moment by face. Like face to face. They, I, I know I'm not an iPhone user either. I know I get it. It's kind of stupid. But you, some, most of you use FaceTime, Right? I would use Google Hangouts. It's all good, right? But I can video call people and talk to them wherever they are. And, and I can send a text message, and I can send a message on Instagram, a DM, and I can, I can do all kinds of things. I can, even, I can even take a pen and write on a piece of paper. And they, they call them stamps. I don't know if you've seen them, but they, most of them have an American flag on them. And you go get them at the post office. I know you haven't been there in a while. But you can put it on, and it will go to the person you address it to. Have you... Can you believe that all these opportunities we have to connect? And students, listen to me. That means you have to answer the phone. Like the phone is actually, there's a slider at the bottom where it allows you to talk to people. For real. Like not just texting. Like it doesn't just text and Snapchat. Like it actually, well, you can, uh, and you'll hear your mother's voice on the other side. I know it's hard to believe. But listen. We want to stay connected to you. Students, I, I want to challenge you to this. You must stay connected to your investors. As you move into this next stage of your life, the temptation for you students is to go, well, that's behind me. I don't have to worry about those people anymore. I know they're kind of there for me to support me and, and do my laundry and well, pay a few of my bills that I can't pay yet. But, but listen, really, they're behind me. I need to move forward on my own. And I know, in, Listen, independence is wonderful. But listen, you need to stay connected to your investors. Because those are the people who know you better sometimes than you know yourself. And they have been where you are. And whether or not they say things that mean anything to you, just know that in their heart, they're trying to tell you something about their own mistakes. Adults, listen up to this next part. You've got to understand that just giving advice will not help in this next stage of life. But let me tell you what will work. If you'll be authentic, if you'll finally be real with the students in your life, if you'll finally look at them and tell them your story, if you finally be honest about the things that you did that you regret and the decisions you made that you wish somebody would have kept you from making, can you promise me this, adults? If you know a student making this transition, can you just take them to dinner? Can you take them for coffee? Can you take them out on the lake? And can you spend an hour just saying, hey, listen, I'm not going to give you advice, but I want to tell you my story. I want to tell you where I messed up and things I wish I hadn't done. And listen, you can make your own decisions. And this isn't advice. I just want to tell you what happened. What? Wow. That is something that gives them a choice to make. 
But we are so often trying to just give them advice. We forget that our story is perhaps the most important part of helping them transition. Listen, students, this next phrase, what's, what's behind you is still with you. The investment these people have made in your life is still with you. There are going to be moments when you forget that it's with you and you're going to think it's not with you anymore. But listen, those people who have invested in you, they are still with you and they are still for you. And I promise they're thinking about you. They just don't know how to talk to you because they're intimidated by you, students. They look at you and they see this wonderful new adult and they feel like they've done all they can do and they don't know what else to do next, students. They really don't. We just, we just don't know. We don't know how to help you. And listen, if you, if you won't remember this, if you won't invite a few more people back in, you're missing out because what's behind you is still with you. So what, what do we do to go forward, everybody? Here we are, we're, we're locked in a tension of, well, I, I don't want to let go, and I, but I don't want to be a helicopter. And, I, and students are like, I don't want to let go, but I need to let go. I need to do some things on my own. I get it. We're, we're kind of like in a catch-22, right in the middle of something. But here's the big challenge. I'm going to sell you. I'm going to become a salesman. I've been told I'd make a great salesman. We're going to see this morning. I want to sell you on being an investor, okay? And I have three levels of investing I want you to think about, adults. Students, I'm going to challenge you on the last investment level as well. But listen, I want you to invest in these students even more in the next few years. Maybe the coming 20 years. I don't know. But for now, I just want, to, I want you to start you at a, a simple level. I have a silver, a silver level, introductory level this morning on sale for you to take part in. This investment in silver level is a pick up a card level. You literally, as you walk out, can stop at a table there to the left. There's a nice little flower arrangement with cards of our seniors who wanted their pictures to be out there and let you pray for them. You can literally, at this silver level, pick up a card and pray for these students. And guess what? I've made it so easy for you. On the back of the card, I've given you what to pray for. Easy. So easy. Listen, just 10 to 15, 20 seconds a day, you can pray for these students and make a difference in their lives from the outside looking in. And you may not even know them. Some of you are like, I don't know these students. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can still pray for them. I've got their name on there and everything. And on the back, you can just pray for their next step. And you can walk through that and just, just hey, hang it, hang it somewhere in your seat every day. Put it, put it in your car dash so when you get in the car, you just take 15 seconds to pray for this person, this person, this senior. Pick it up and pray for them. This is introductory, simple level. There's, there's no energy to this. I'm not asking you for a lot of time. I'm just asking you for a little bit of prayer for these students. At silver level, everybody, listen, everybody should walk out of here and get a card. I expect that there'll be no cards left for the second service. I'll be honest with you. I, I hope to be able to tell the second service, sorry, I'll send you a card. All you have to do is email me. <laughs> so that'd be great, right? But some of you in the room need to go up a level. Like that's too easy for you. Like that's just way, that's too simple. The gold level is for you. You need to show you care. You need to go another step. And you're like, I'm not just, I kind of know the student. I, I kinda, listen, you need to go to the next level. I'm going to challenge you this morning to go to the next level. Do you, remember, do you remember about those first two weeks of college? Remember those first two weeks being so critical? Here's my challenge. On the back of that card, if you pick up that card, on the back of that card, there's a care section on the back. And I have a bunch of ideas about how in the first two weeks, you could let these students know that you care about them. 
I got care package ideas. I got pizza ideas. I got gift card ideas. I got all kinds of cool ideas. In the first two weeks, they would get so much mail that the post office people were like, there's freshmen. Why are they getting so much mail? Nobody knows who they are. And they would just, mailbox would be full. And they'd be going to their mailbox and be like, is there any mail? And they'd be like, yeah, here's a whole box of it. And it would be amazing because we would show that we care for these kids, right? And in their next two weeks, the first two weeks of college, they would know that we all care about them so much. The gold level is just taking a small little step. So listen, all you got to do is you pick up one of those cards, and on the back is my email address. I'll put in my calendar that we are going to get together around the 1st of August via email, all right? And you email me and let you know you're in, and I'll email you all that you email me. I'll email you and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan. And I've got it all step by step. You don't have to do a lot of work. Maybe a little bit of money investment if you want to buy a gift card or a pizza for them. Maybe it's just as simple as writing them a letter, like I said. But I want to show you this quote because from the Sticky Faith book because I want to tell you how big your investment can pay off. This is a quote directly from the book. Hearing from an adult from their home church, whether via text, email, phone, or U.S. Postal Service, seems to help students take their faith to college with them. That would be good enough, but in fact... That ongoing contact still makes a difference three years later. If you would show you care in the first two weeks of their college experience, you'll reap the benefits of that investment three years later. Can you imagine how simple this is? This is not difficult stuff, people. We're literally talking about just sending an email, a text, or something in the mail. And the investment we make has a three-year return in their faith. That's amazing. Now listen, that was a good sales job. I, I believe everybody in this room could either silver or gold. But there are just a, there, there's, a, there's a subset of you right now that are ready to go to the next level. You're ready to go platinum. You're ready to go platinum level. You need to start a new investment. Did you know that right now there are about 20 four and five-year-olds right down there and they need you. Because in 13 years, they're going to leave and go off as adults. And they need you investing in them now so that when they're 18, they're ready to go. Because you invested in a few four and five-year-olds for one hour a week. One hour a week investment in their life will make the difference 13 years from now. Did you know our biggest group in elementary age right now is third, fourth, and fifth graders. And kindergarten, going to be soon. But that third, fourth, and fifth graders, do you know how fun they are to hang out with? Do Do you know how much fun these people have every single week? One of the small group leaders that's in with the fifth graders who are about to move up to middle school, I said, hey man, it's so exciting, you're going to get to move these kids up. And he said, don't even talk about it. Don't even talk about it. I don't want to see them go. Do you know how much fun these people have? And they're making an investment that in just about seven to eight years will come to maturity. Can you imagine being part of that third, fourth, or fifth grader's life right now? And then when they're 18, they're thinking about you because you invested an hour a week in their life on a Sunday morning when you're going to be here anyway doing something. Middle schoolers, I know people talk about how bad middle schoolers are. Guys, not one time, I spent a lot of time down there with our middle schoolers, not one time have I had to put, put a kid in the corner. We do not have behavior problems. You want to know why? Because people like you 
Let every one of those kids know that they're loved. And they don't have to fight for attention. But we need some more of you because we have 12 fifth graders moving up to sixth grade in about three weeks. And we need some of you to make sure that every one of those kids feel loved. That when they come into transit for the first time, that they come in and they go, man, I can't believe this is way better than school. There's no, there's no awkwardness here at all. Everybody wants me and accepts me and, and believes I'm cool to hang out with. That would be your job. That's all you got to do. It's, it's super simple, guys. You hand them a piece of candy and you play with them. Like, you remember being a seventh grader? They just want somebody to be around them. And you could be that person. Listen, we have high schoolers. Not quite ready to graduate, but we still have high schoolers who need people like you. Who are willing once a week to get together with them and hang out. And just be somebody else in their life besides their parents to talk to about stuff. Because you remember how awkward it is to talk to your parents about dating and, and questions you have and, and weird stuff. But you just you found yourself going to that older friend or older sibling or older cousin because it was natural. Listen, you could be that person. And men in the room, I want to talk to specifically to you. Because you guys are so good. You're so good at volunteering to coach baseball, football, basketball leagues. You're willing to give up Saturdays. You're willing to do so much with different groups of kids and give time to invest. And listen, I don't want you to stop doing that. You are the foundation of investing in kids in lots of different ways. Some of, you, some of you coach high school baseball, middle school baseball, all through. And you follow a group of kids through. That's awesome. But listen, we all know that you get to say a prayer at the end of the game, out at the mound. And you get to teach them character. But when it comes down to making influence and what they believe about who Jesus is, that really doesn't get to happen, does it? And what if, what if you guys, for one hour a week on Sunday, with no prep... No homework. You just walked in here on an hour on Sunday. And you pick an age group. You pick any age group you want. Preschool, elementary, middle school, high school, I don't care. But you walk in for one hour a week. All you do is spend time with those same age group of kids that you love coaching. And what if you took that investment of one hour a week on Sundays when you're going to be here anyway and you made a long-term investment for the future of that kid's faith? Listen. I want to tell you a quick story about Mama Dot. Now, Mama Dot was my best friend's mom, but she was my choir director from, the year, my five year, from being five years old till 20 years old. I was in a summer youth choir. Really goofy, really awkward, I get it. But Mama Dot loved music so much that she was willing to let parents drop off with her for 90 minutes twice a week during the summer, summer months to teach kids who couldn't sing how to sing and to sing together as a choir. We traveled to Myrtle Beach as a choir. We traveled to Florida. We went to Eureka Springs and we sang on the streets of Eureka Springs and we performed. And for 13 years of my life, Dorothy, Mama Dot, invested in me. Now, I don't sing much anymore in public. I, I, I understand that. But through that choir, every single summer and through her investment, she has no idea the change in my faith because I have songs that still run through my head when things happen, because I learned them when I was 5, 6, 7, 8, 13, 18, 20 years old. And my faith is stronger, not because she did anything super special with me personally. She's just willing to make a spot for me. 
and be around me and create an opportunity for me. And then there's this guy I met in college. Oh my gosh, if you guys could have seen him then. Like he wasn't bald at all. Matt was, I met him my freshman year in college. We hung out. One of the first things he did was say, hey, we should get in a small group. And not one time, not one semester, well, I think there was one semester, but not one time did he not push us as a group to be in a group together, always learning and pushing each other and keeping each other accountable and growing. And he made an investment in me then. He, he, he looked at me and said, hey, you should lead one of these groups on your own. Why don't you pick something to lead some guys through? And I was like, I don't know how to do that. He's like, yeah, you can do it. And then one summer, he was like, hey, we should start a basketball summer league. We should go talk to this church and see if they'll let us use their gym for one night each week and, and, and do a Bible study on the backside. Guys, this is a ridiculous and stupid idea. But you know guys showed up to do that? And they played basketball. And then after we played basketball for an hour, they would sit down and let us talk to them about the Bible for about 20 minutes. It was ridiculous. But every week they would come back and play and study the Bible. It was crazy. But Matt's investment in me made all the difference in my life in college. Listen, could you be that? Could you start a new investment? Could you just take a little slice of your time, one hour a week, and turn it into investment that matures and grows and goes beyond anything you could possibly imagine? Could you just do that? Because I know some of you are remembering the people who did that for you. And I don't want us as a church to ever forget that investing in the next generation, continuously making new investments, is what we do. And while I love the stories, and we've seen the baptism stories of last year, I love to see stories of college students who, who walked away from church or didn't know what they're doing and came back. I love those stories. But listen, wouldn't it be great if we could prevent all of those stories? And what we saw instead were st- stories of these students walking out of high school into college and then bringing their friends and changing their lives. What if we could flip the, 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 the script on this whole thing and instead of 40 to 50%? We weren't losing any. We were gaining 40, 50% because the 100% we sent out somewhere was ready to bring people in and show them, these people changed my life. They invested in me so much. Look at what they've done. This is what I want for our church. This is what I want for you students. I don't want to say goodbye to you guys. I want to stay connected to you. Adults in the room, don't we want to stay connected to them? Then let's buy in at one of these levels today. Let's buy into one of these levels because the investment we make will mature. And we know that using our gifts for the benefit of others is actually what's best for us. So we should never stop investing. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this challenge from Paul and Timothy. God, I pray that we as a church will not stop investing, that the students we're seeing off today They would go on and do great things, greater things than we can possibly imagine. And I pray that we would continue to invest, that there are people in the crowd today that are going to wake up and just kind of move toward investing in the next generation in a new way, at a new level. In your son's name I pray it. Amen.